This episode of Spectre Cinema Club brought to you by Buana Meats, here for all your pagan ritual needs. Between the new Chef Donald and our brand new major electric microwave, our food is a real cut above the rest. Use discount code Buana for 20% off your next sizzling order. That is B-W-A-N-A, Buana. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spectre Cinema Club, a horror podcast obsessed with subgenres. I am your host, Devon Taylor. Joined with me, I have Garrett McDowell. You hear that, Devon? It's the sound of a new theme, a new month, a new theme, uh, along with our new November month. And of course, you and I are a big fan of puns, uh, trying to rack our brains of of what's what's happening in the month, either, uh, you know, birthdays, creator birthdays, new movies coming out, whatever. But obviously, in the month of November, we've got Thanksgiving. Lots of food going to be happening, so we chose... Yeah, we uh, we figured it'd be um, a month of eating good, so we are definitely going to dive into some cannibal movies, yum, yum. which is a favorite subgenre of mine, a pretty recent one. I've uh, found a new fascination with cannibals as to kind of where they fit in the horror lexicon. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of decided they are, that I kind of looped them into monsters, even okay. though they are always still very human-based. So so it's been an interesting like a uh, little uh subset to dive into because certain certain monsters also kind of fall into the cannibalistic territories as well but we are talking uh human on humans uh here this month and uh you know we timed it out with uh we got some 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 fresh meat uh picks included and then we got uh some some more deep cuts as well deep cuts indeed yeah uh, how many more butcher puns can we fit throughout the month we shall see i'm sure we uh our gas tank is full and we are excited uh to dive into the yeah you're right uh, a myriad of and a, a smorgasbord if you will uh, mm-hmm. of different movies uh different decades even and even some subgenres within the subgenres yeah we got a we got a nice spread of decades going um, and the, we kind of switched stuff around the scheduling because the way I had it was we were going to kind of start with a recent one, do these, uh, smaller deep cuts in the middle, and then we're going to close out with a new release. Um, but, uh, with some scheduling stuff, had to switch stuff around. So, you know, we're going to do the, uh, the goofy deep cuts up front and then in the back end, we'll kind of have our more recent stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Garrett picking, uh, probably the most obscure movie on the podcast so far. Uh, doesn't even have a Rotten Tomatoes score, um, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the lowest rated. And I was genuinely worried for a sec. I was like, are we going to have like literally anything to talk about in this movie? Uh, but there actually is. There's, there's some stuff there, here. There, there, there's some stuff. There's uh, some meat on the bones, if you will. There is some meat on the bones. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right in, shall we? Microwave Massacre released on October 31st, 1979. So a little uh, Halloween hangover food for you. 
uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. Accidentally timed out with uh, our scheduling snafu. Look at us go, like usual. <laughs> uh, directed by Wayne Berwick. This was written by Thomas Singer. A uh, a very erratic score done by uh, Leif Hoar. And uh, cinematography done by Karen Grossman. I just find it ironic that the one woman of the major uh, you know, uh, crew areas here uh, happened to be in the cinematography uh, where we do have some, you would think would be uh, very male gazy uh, camera work, but fascinating but that it was done by the one yeah. woman on the crew. Hey, you know, it's the, as this movie says, it's an equal opportunity, you know, cannibal <laughs> out here. Uh, so yeah, this, the, the male gaze of it all uh, either, you know, from the cinematography angle of, you know, purely what's being captured, how it's being captured. But uh, yeah, the movie literally starts off with boobs. Like that's the first, the very first shot yeah, <laughs> in the af- movie. <laughs> after the microwave. After the microwave uh, opening, you know, title sequence, of course, you just have uh, cleavage and boobs. And, you know, it really doesn't uh, let off in that regard for most of the movie. A pretty sizable t- a chunk of this movie is just boobs. <laughs> I mean, with some other, uh, you know, they do some very strange sexual imagery throughout the film that yes. I was... Uh, not that I was not expecting uh, <laughs> for this movie to be as horny as it is. Um, but yeah, uh, and again, uh, so there is no Rotten Tomatoes because not enough uh, critics have deemed this worthy of their reviews. How dare they, is How what I have they? to say. <laughs> not uh, us, though, not us. Not us. Um, the box office, uh, this did not get a wide release. It primarily got just a, a midnight movie release at a, a couple festivals. Um, but did not really get a wide release. It was a uh, released on VHS and didn't really get a uh, Blu-ray until uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, the uh, the uh, voice of the people, though, on Letterboxd, a few people have seen it over there, uh, give this a 2.2 out of 5 average rating. Um, again, uh, we're talking cannibals here. This has uh, some slasher elements to it. Uh, a little bit of sex comedy as well. Yeah. Um. Uh. A, a, a few different things going on. But uh, Garrett, where where did you unearth this film? <laughs> so this is one of those movies that uh, a few years ago. It's it's a practice that I don't really do anymore, and I feel like it's kind of going by the wayside. As far as like you just log into a streaming service and just kind of flip. You know, you're just like just looking through Amazon Prime Video trying to see what there is, and I saw this, and I went. What the hell is that? What is that? So uh, I watched it and uh, gazed upon it in in all of its glory. Um, And it truly is this very odd movie and maybe even a less obvious way than you you would think. Uh, It's kind of like screwball comedy, uh, lots of gender politics going on, gross out horror, uh, and then also like a flavor of like, 1970s after school special <laughs> in regards to like the production of everything uh it's a terrible movie but it's a, a, an interesting uh kind of fascinating one maybe not as funny as it could be um but it is one that uh, certainly is a sight to behold yeah, it's um, you know, it maybe not as funny as it thinks it is. Cause yeah, it it thinks it's hilarious because mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I will I'll give it the movie credit. Um, one good tactic for comedy is when you just have so many jokes that yeah. eventually a good number of them will hit, and that's like the tactic that this movie does. Um, between um, between our main guy Donald, uh, his one liners, but then like lots of visual gags throughout this movie totally. that actually do work pretty well. 
this was, yeah, uh, I was kind of expecting, I was expecting like even lower quality than this is. Like this is somebody <laughs> trying to make a movie. Yeah. Like and actually like had purpose to it and mm-hmm. like reasons for doing the things that they're doing. It just doesn't always work out. Uh, whether it be uh, terrible actors or bad audio or, you know, things like that. But, you know, this is a person actually trying to make a legit movie here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not even in an ironic way. It's just a very super black comedy way. Um, but as far as cannibal stories go, I do think this is an actually an interesting uh, place to start as yeah. far as like, um, you know, like... Uh, I'm fascinated by the the psychology of cannibals. I think, you know, like, um, because it, it is like when you it, a taboo thing. Like when you think about it, it's like, yeah, we eat animals, you know, and uh, all these different practices. And then it's like, okay, so what are the mental hurdles you have to get over for one to be a cannibal? Mm-hmm. Aside from it being just like also like the thought of you know knowing that you're physically eating another human, but sure. it's like there's there's a mental hurdle you have to really get over mm-hmm. before you can like get to that that yeah. moment. It's also like another degree of you know psychotic weirdo because more than likely they're also probably murderers you know <laughs> like unless they're just uh taking the freaky route which we'll definitely be talking about where they're just kind of getting this off of the market uh especially in this movie's case they're also killing these people too so not only are you a murderer but you're also like this other degree of psycho yeah so the you have multiple angles of like rash of trying to rationalize your actions yeah. and that's why i find them uh fascinating as characters to follow right you know it's like it's one thing for a villain to convince themselves of one thing but then like you're when you're doing it in these kind of multiple ways Mm -hmm. um and like you know our man donald here it's like you can kind of feel like even though this is like you know presented in a very comedic way there's a interesting way of looking at as like you know he kind of always had this within him Mm -hmm. he was just waiting for an excuse you know yeah to, to finally you know start killing like he he knew what he really wanted but he just had to find a way of getting there. You know, it took him since 1962, <laughs> uh, which he mentions was apparently a, a very uh, a, substantial year for him. It was a him. great year, I guess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I just feel like because it's just like it's so little the thing that sets him off to right. where he's put on this path. It's like, you know, you so he's always wanted to get there. It's just, uh, again, like kind of talking, you know, talk, way to talk himself into a circle to where he's able to accept that his actions are okay. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. So uh, you want to uh, give a 60-second synopsis on uh, for those of you who most likely have not seen this film? Yeah, it's going to be interesting talking about this because we're, like a lot of times when we review movies, we like reference scenes as if the audience has probably also seen the movie. We usually take kind of like a, a, a book club kind of approach to this yeah. podcast, but I would assume if you're, you're listening, uh, you either have you've, you've seen it, which great, welcome. Uh, I would assume most people haven't. So uh, uh, yeah, trying to uh, to uh, make sure everybody is included. But yes, Microwave Massacre, 1979. Let's do it. All right. I got you 60 seconds on the clock here in three, two, one, go. Uh, you've got our character, our man, our, our man uh, of the day, the man of the hour, Mr. Donald, who is portrayed by Jackie Vernon, uh, which if you don't know who that is, he is the voice actor of Frosty the Snowman, uh, the same one. Uh, he's a blue collar worker. Uh, he works in construction, uh, goes to work his nine to five. And when he comes home to his uh, lovely wife, 
she has concocted these horrible meals by uh, Donald's standards. Uh, these meals that are far too intricate, not terribly well done, uh, and just not kind of the meat and potatoes like he would want. Uh, he This happens for years and decades, and finally he cracks, kills his wife, and then decides to uh, start to uncover some of the meat in the fridge that has been hiding for so long, and then accidentally one day eats his wife. But turns out, he loves it. It's delicious. Uh, so he starts to go on this cannibalistic rampage, finding uh, sex workers, cooking them up as well, giving the food to his friends even. Time. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, you know. Um, yeah, ran out of time a little towards the end there, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much the the what we're dealing with here. Donald not terribly happy with his wife and uh, leads him to this point of this murderous cannibalistic rampage. Yeah, and and you know it's you know part of the movie is like kind of the setup, which is you spend a lot of your time on the synopsis on the set, but mm-hmm. it is important because yeah, uh, you know I have to assume that. You know, this was uh, uh, somehow a, you know, Wayne Berwick and maybe Jackie Vernon were friends mm-hmm. or maybe he was a big fan of Jackie Vernon and because he's a, a big time stand up comedian as well, mm-hmm. um, aside from some of his voice acting roles. Um, so I just had to think that this was him being like, oh, my gosh, I can get. And this was Jackie Vernon's uh, last film role, actually, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away about seven years later. And um, so it's like, you know, this is a past his prime Jackie Vernon. And, you know, I just have to like think that the director was like, oh, my God, like I love this guy. And yeah. I get the opportunity to make a movie with him and, uh, you know, use his unique uh, s- uh, skill set. Because, I mean, if you watch some of his stand up clips, like the way that he delivers like his like one liners and like, you know, looking and he's breaking the fourth wall, talking sure. to the talking to the camera. Uh, feels very much uh, very similar to some of his uh, stand-up routines so so this is um you know i i I just i'm I'm very fascinated on just how this came about but of course there's uh, not much information aside from the blu-ray which it has an arrow release so it even got a it got a nice uh blu-ray release which i which i love for this movie actually yeah um but yeah you know so donald just is this guy who uh, you know it it, because again his wife is she's not doing anything wrong she's trying she's like oh i want to you know like make like more interesting food like you know yeah. it's like you know they you can tell they've been married for a long ass time and mm-hmm. like uh the monotony of their of their blue collar life you know and like she's trying you know she gets excited about this giant microwave that she's gonna buy and yeah uh, make all these you know different meals she's trying to make meals from different countries and shit yeah and, she, and she's trying to make him food so that way he gets in the mood to fuck. Like she wants to fuck. Which again, he hasn't done since like nineteen sixty two. Since nineteen sixty two. Killer year. Again, <laughs> we gotta gotta reiterate that. Yeah, but it's kind of like the the modern day equivalent, I suppose, of like an air fryer, you know? To where yeah, you get an air fryer yeah. and it's she, kind she of she wants this, to put everything in yeah, there. Yeah, it's like everything. this miracle machine that you can just throw whatever uh, and it's gonna cook it right up for you. Also, I don't know if this is like accurate to the era, but good God, these microwaves enormous like you could you could fit an entire like human in there quite literally it's it they're huge you know imagine the days when your kitchen had an entire wall of appliances because later we see they have four different ovens exactly uh, for different purposes and then now this giant microwave on top of that just insane yeah it's it's (laughs) it's completely ridiculous and uh, yeah uh, the the culinary skills of, of his wife are certainly in question the first scene that we get of uh, her food on display 
uh, is is our, our main man here. Plastic hamburger and yeah. just a crab, with just a crab <laughs> between two pieces of bread. Uh, so yeah, Donald. Uh, I'm not gonna say that he's he you know not in dire straits uh, culinarily, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, his his wife has definitely given it her best go, and I think a lot of it is kind of in conversation with or just kind of reflecting that sort of attitude of comedy at the time to where it's a lot of comedians were just like i hate my wife you know <laughs> right men you know like that's just kind of what a lot of comedy was in this mm-hmm. era is just like men hating their wives and this movie definitely is kind of that in a nutshell i mean i feel like it's that but i feel like this is like making a joke out of the entitlement totally of, 100%. of, of men because it's like you know he just complains about his wife's cooking but yet when he comes home, he's the one demanding, where's the food? Or like yeah. when he gets up in the morning, where's my food? Well, it, it, bitch, if you don't want her food, then make it yourself. But he refuses yeah. to make it. So it's like, you know, I feel like they are very much like uh, calling out just like the entitlement on this, uh, this, this dynamic, this classic, um, you know, husband, wife dynamic. And again. Yeah, like she is literally trying mm-hmm. and she's cleaning and she's making things look nice, you yeah. know, and all he does is talk shit and groan and, and just go like, to the bar and, you know, uh, talk the ear off of a bartender who's which, like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> shout out to my boy, Sam, here, because I talk, I joke around with people all the time. I'm like, yeah. you know, at bartender, we are the unlicensed therapists right. uh, of the world, you know, like people will tell you anything like the ridiculous things and in just insane things i've heard people yeah. tell me yeah uh people will tell me i'm like i don't know if you should legally tell me that like <laughs> things like that uh so i love sam calling out just being like oh my god everybody like kill me with your problems he goes he goes you see that license over there exactly he goes that's a liquor license not a not a uh, therapy license i'm gonna yeah. use that yeah that's amazing sam also dishes it out as well uh there's a really funny line in here it says did i ever tell you about my hemorrhoids they get really bad when it's humid you know so he kind of dishes <laughs> he does that to get the guy to well. leave exactly which is genius because yeah. i do shit like that too you like intentionally try to scare him away one, one of my favorite things that i do not only at the bar i kind of just do it in general because you know people know i'm a spooky guy uh but i like to just like push the most wildest things and like really see if people like actually believe me like i want people to think that i'm a killer you know but like i'm obviously not you know uh, obviously in air quotes yeah <laughs> um, yeah it remains to be garrett, seen garrett starts slinking back just, his seat yeah, from just the microphone grabbing my keys all right Devon, yeah, uh, thanks, yeah but but yeah like I, I i've done that though like just say some like ridiculous out-of-pocket shit kind of just t- to make take someone the temperature look around yeah yeah the scare the people away and then also you know find who, who's in your inner circle you know but yeah sam the bartender mvp uh, of this is a, movie is a real one yeah absolutely honestly that MVP. yeah a bartender uh, at a local strip club which of course donald is like a you know very regular customer at on no doubt like a tuesday afternoon just going there to to complain about his wife's cooking so yeah it's like the most 1970s early 80s kind of thing i imagine so and and we have you know he repeatedly is always having these misogynistic conversations whether it be with the bartender or uh, with his work homies yeah and the, when the I bring, construction work homies and when i bring up the work homies uh again this movie is this movie this this is a this movie's gay this is a this is a very queer uh coming out somehow movie because his workers are you know always spouting like you know just like the most misogynistic things but they're wearing scarves 
and vest to construction and bell bottoms. One construction worker works without a shirt. Yeah, uh, is the only one who is definitely like portrayed to be who like is this portrayed to be openly out character that they kind of play a practical joke on, where they send this woman to go horrendous. to go talk to him. Uh, and uh, he, of course, he's you know which, absolutely flaming. So. Which which I don't yeah I do not endorse uh, the 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 uh, the jokes inflicted on this man yes. here the the insinuation that gay men are just terrified of boobs sure um, is ridiculous. But in if, if they're using uh, uh, cannibalism as a metaphor for for queerness here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I kind of can see it. Well, there's because this yeah. is what gives Donald his uh, sexual spark back and yeah. stuff, and he's like, "Oh, I can only uh, uh, fuck if I if I'm gonna eat him afterwards," you yeah. know. But but really, it's you know, again, it's like something he's probably been curious about, you know, and and uh, oh, once he finally gets a taste of it, it's you know, he's he's in, he's in like Flynn, yeah. And uh, I don't know, there there's something. Uh, something queer about this movie. Well, there's th- this conversation that he has with his wife before he kills her of like that. Not only have they not been intimate, but like there's this idea of like he would rather eat her than eat her. If you know what I'm saying, you know? Yes. Yes. That too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then because that line comes back later too, yeah. uh, when uh, he's like talking to the therapist, the and... therapist who's like falling asleep during the session and then wakes up. And of course, he hears half of the conversation about like eating his wife. And he's like, no, it's you know, it's 1979. He goes, like, yeah, this is a sexually liberated time. Yeah. He goes, go for it because he's thinking, talking about going down on his wife. And yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, no, uh, he would rather, damn, he would rather eat her than eat her. He is totally, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, there, and, and again, it like kind of gives him this, you know, uh, you know, he's, uh, he, he has more, uh, charisma, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, got more, uh, uh, punch in his jokes and yeah. he's making, and the, and the guys actually want to hang out with him. Well, he's also stuff, coming you know. to work with like quote-unquote delicious food that all the co-workers are like you know asking him for which is kind of what leads him and then goads them into Campbell yeah kind of what leads him to go and find these sex workers who he like murders and then cooks and then like gives to his friends and he's like see like I didn't just have crab sandwiches (laughs) you know uh he's able to like uh impress his friends and uh yeah and it's definitely this this you know secret double life that he's living where at night he's mm-hmm. like you know moonlighting as this uh guy who's in the market just you could constantly say, uh, cruising around you could, say, you, know? you could say he's cruising yeah and uh the queer community knows what cruising is about and yes the fact that he is killing female sex workers exclusively mm-hmm. uh to make him and the boys happy yeah gay yeah i do want to talk about our man donald here just as far as like a presence and uh there was a a bit of trivia that i read i'm not sure how true it is but it after watching the movie i it's not much of a stretch that originally rodney dangerfield was like supposed to be in this movie which i'm like no shit like watching this like it's definitely this level of comedy that this kind of neck pulling kind of like ooh, you know sort of Uh, Again, I hate my wife kind of comedy, which was just super prevalent back then. But yeah, he's practically like looking at the camera literally in some scenes. He's totally breaking the fourth wall. Totally. Because and and then May goes, oh, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, myself. And he looks at the camera. So I was like, oh, he's broken the fourth wall. And the rest of the movie, 
he's talking to us whenever he's you know just like uh you know talking his through his feelings uh you know trying to navigate you know uh not only the the moral quandaries of what he's doing but then uh the way that it's making him feel and then he's like you know what but no this is making me feel good so this must be good yeah um is uh is fascinating yeah, Donald has uh, a lot of the comedy comes from him and a lot of his dialogue, which I think is is you know a, a little his, bit of a mistake. Uh, his batting average is uh yeah is uh 50-50 at yeah. best. It's it's not um, great. There's a like an example of that. There's a scene early on where his wife May uh, she says you know some men you know still find me attractive and she's like you know fondling and like rubbing all over him or herself and he says how would I know them? I didn't attend the Braille Institute. So like just jokes like that to where it's yikes. just like. Yikes. You know, completely ridiculous. Uh, again, I hate my wife kind of <laughs> comedy. Um, I I prefer I would prefer a little more sight gags. You know, I understand the budget the of this were, were so good. Were uh, a little limited, so when, I like the sight gags and and you know a lot of the severed limbs and everything looked like they bought them at you know the Halloween store. Look absolutely um, ridiculous, but they really lean into the Donald is a comedian kind of angle, uh, which is you know definitely hit or miss for sure. Uh yeah, I mean there there's a there's a few you know that are very yikesy. Uh, one though that uh I, is yikes, but I would still laugh was uh, uh he's like I'm so hungry I could eat a whore. Yeah, which is I a good like, joke. That's, that's a good a, joke. That's a good joke. That's a good joke <laughs> right there. Um, but the sight gags though it was very interesting because I mean they just like kept them coming, mm-hmm. and the ones that I had the the uh the biggest question at the end still was with his neighbors because i'm like is he at this point is he hallucinating this stuff that he's like you know because like we just keep getting these random exchanges with his like quirky neighbors like having sex parties and she's gardening with a dildo and like all these just like very odd things i was less like which like made me start to believe because like i was like i think he's just hallucinating at this mm-hmm. point or because i know he does hallucinate some other things throughout yeah. the films i mean if we want to get real deep and really put our thinking caps on you know it I could mean, be isn't this, that what we do well it could be this <laughs> metaphor of how he sees women and they're all just kind of these sexual objects to be you know conquered and, and all of these things because like every woman character in this movie aside from may and her friend who later is introduced <laughs> are all like is either a sex worker a stripper or some girl that is like super scantily clad walking around a construction site, you know, like, so I, maybe that is kind of the take on it is like, he's just looking at his neighbor and just seeing, you know, these, uh, outrageous sexual, like again, gardening with a dildo, just these things that obviously are ludicrous, but that's how he just perceives women. So, Mm. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's necessarily like, really overthinking things i'm not i don't think that this movie is like super highbrow or anything obviously but i do think that there is a very clear attempt that this movie is trying to say something about entitlement of men and 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 all of that kind of stuff and this idea of yeah the 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 man goes off to work to get the bacon and then comes home to the housewife and that sort of attitude and that you know when this man's wife dies you know he just starts doing the same thing where he's just throwing these foods in the microwave these food quote unquote and you know it's i I think there's definitely some some commentary happening here Uh, but as far as the neighbors yeah it's it's some weird shit for sure (laughs) yeah um the yeah the neighbor stuff was again it's like and this is some of the stuff where it's like yeah is uh some of these things uh were they just bizarre just for the sake of being bizarre Mm -hmm. and the the director you know accidentally stumbled into some of these things 
or you know it's uh, it's always you know funny with these types of movies to you know kind of decipher like okay was that intentional or was that an accident yeah and but either way like we still got it so that's kind of nice um and yeah uh because i there i didn't really realize about uh the uh the the you know what each individual like the the ridiculous circumstance of each like individual uh female character that he meets yeah Uh, because especially that i think gets at it's like most ridiculous point where he uh sees uh sees a gal in a chicken costume and she's got gorgeous eyes Mm -hmm. and i guess that just led him to and and then it's like as soon as the costume comes off she's fucking like gorgeous and Mm -hmm. has like this amazing body it's like wait what yeah Uh, like you know so it's like at at that point is it again like you know like you said like is this just him seeing women the way that he wants to see them like because yeah i mean not not that a beautiful woman can't work a job that requires her to dress up in a chicken costume but what are the odds you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and then also like the later into this movie goes like i guess it might be a confidence thing but like women start coming up to him like he doesn't have to like pay for things like a woman asks for directions and he's like or like for a ride he's like come on in and of course you know she wants to have sex with him because movie and you know that leads him to obviously killing her so yeah there is this kind of escalation um of things and in, in his sort of ability to to get women to talk to him in a way i don't know it's it, it's it's definitely odd for sure yeah and you know i can't wait to you know get to movie math because i mean this was plain as day for me and like there's a movie that i'm just itching to talk on this <laughs> podcast uh at yeah. some point um that does a lot of some of these things uh better you know to with a lot more intention behind it sure um but it still makes for a very uh, fun bizarre uh you know just like kind of it's this was a weird movie but it it had like uh you know like there there were like you know like these like shots whenever they're kind of cutting away and uh whenever Dennis is uh or not Dennis Donald Mm -hmm. is uh preparing you know his like meets he's he's trying to figure out you know the best way to prepare him and things like this yeah and like it's like presented like all like artsy like and stuff like the like rooms like just like completely blacked out and it's him like working like cutting up these uh limbs I could have actually done with more of that like Mm -hmm. uh give me some more of this uh cannibal meal prep porn um you know (laughs) kind of trying different rubs and brines and stuff. Yeah, it, it gave me uh, gave me vibes of uh, of the Dexter opening credits. Oh, you know? very g- nice. G- yeah. give, me, give me some more of that. Uh, the, uh, you know, so I even liked um, it's like kind of portrayal on that, and again, like kind of uh, what this experience is giving to Donald. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, like again, like uh, you know, the the monotony of life is kind of really beat beat him down and stuff. You know, and then like uh, you know more normal people would like find like a hobby that would like kind of bring them out of this funk you know or something like that so and then the fact that um it just takes something as radical as cannibalism to like kind of like awaken that uh, donald would be a big blackstone guy for sure you know he'd have one of those grills in his backyard and like that's his whole personality you know he has the neighbors over and he's Mm -hmm. just making you know kebabs and (laughs) like burgers on the grill and everything yeah and like and like will scald you if you even like touch a knob on the grill (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh yeah totally well i don't know because because he was 
Well, yeah, actually he would because he was very adverse to the microwave at first, but mm-hmm. then but then once he realized uh, the functionality of it, he comes around to the microwave by the end of the movie. He's like, no, no, okay, this thing's big and uh, it does the job. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm into this that, microwave yeah, thing Yeah, I, I kind of mentioned that earlier about like the irony of it all is that at first he's like scolding his wife for using this and then he ends up just also using it too. Like he's just kind of, yeah, I, I could have definitely gone with the process a little bit more of like, the his his coworkers really seem to like his cooking and is it just because like you know human is a different tasting thing or is like he trying different like seasoning and spices and stuff like that or like you well, know no, a he little said bit he more wants to be a minimalist yeah he, you know he said he's trying to figure out the best way to prepare it but also with the least amount of effort which Typical. i find that he, yeah <laughs> like he is a very because that's the whole thing with it uh you know getting upset with his wife in the first place he's like I just want simple. Yeah. Like he's literally at the, it's so weird. He's like at the, when he's at work, he goes, man, what I wouldn't give for a bologna and mustard sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the bar is pretty low. Apparently <laughs> like a bologna sandwich is like something that he's really craving. And he even goes home and like begs his wife to make one. <laughs> but I guess the, the, the healthy food was thrust upon him because we hear from his doctor's visit that he used to be like uh very obese and mm-hmm. he's like lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess apparently he used to, um, it, you know, like eat all the shitty stuff. And so, I guess been a long time I, since 1962. I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. is the last time he had a, a a nice greasy burger before that, which has led him to uh, have some heart issues. He's got a bad ticker, so he's got uh, a, a pacemaker, pacemaker yeah. uh, implanted, uh, and then. Uh, eventually passes away uh, from the too much microwave usage, which apparently is like bad for pacemakers. It's like one of the final shots in the movie is like this warning and label. They, and the only thing is they don't hold it long enough. Like the shot is there for like a yeah. second. Like if you blink, you would miss it. And you're because <laughs> I had to rewind. I go, yeah. I go. Okay, so they found him dead. Wait, what? And yeah. Then, and then the movie because it very abruptly ends, and I rewound like the last like ten minutes because it like. Uh, this movie comes in at what a uh, like 70, seventy minutes, seventy six yeah. minutes. That's why, I, uh, yeah, I joked with you when we were texting. I was like, uh, last chance to pick a real movie. Because um, again, was, don't know what you're talking about, Devon. This no, is a th- real movie. This, this is a real motion picture. This is actually a real movie. Like this is a much more real movie than yeah. I than than I thought. And like, if they would have just like given it a little more time, but obviously budget's pretty low. Sure. Uh, the sound mix on this is awful. Also, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I did want to note that like, not only does Donald die from a heart attack, but Jackie Vernon, like the real life actor, also died from a heart attack. Yeah, so a little, uh, a little uh, foreshadowing that would happen there. But yeah, this like being a midnight movie, probably very cheap to go see. Uh, you know, the seedy parts of New York City or whatever. You know, like this movie is mostly sex and violence uh, with a little bit of screwball comedy, kind of here and there. Uh, and you know, for for what it is, I think that there is some some depth to be found uh, uh some commentary here uh but yeah as uh, i, I could have preferred like a, a little just a better version of of what it is you know some better comedy some better sight gags maybe uh i don't i don't need super high production value but uh the movie is for me is maybe not as funny as i would prefer but uh yeah microwave massacre it is a sight to behold for sure yeah i mean it's a it's a lot of uh uh some some nose breath laughs you know consistently throughout <laughs> yeah um more than uh you know th- there's a couple things that got some like genuine laughs out of me mm-hmm. uh 
and and again like just like the random the the buana meets like where where did, where did that even come from what was that insinuating yeah you know like was like such a weird like thing to me um <laughs> one of the best jokes in this movie one of the best dad jokes um uh, uh, what do you get when you cross a uh, uh what do you get when you cross a mobster and an exorcist i don't know beats the hell out of me <laughs> and i was like <laughs> We're going to use that one, too. This oh, is just yeah. giving you good, like, bartender kind of ammo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ammunition for sure. Um, uh, but, yeah, this is, uh, uh, I, you know, for, I'm assuming, very low budget. I couldn't even find it. Um, but, you know, the, the, the production value is decent. Um, the, again, like, I feel like, you know, probably a good amount of the budget went to Vernon uh, because the a lot of the supporting uh, cast, some, some, are, some are pretty decent. And then some are just like horrendous. I would like, assume most of them are probably like adult film actors too. You know, particularly mm-hmm. the the young ladies in this movie. Oh, I mean, I I will say shout out to D D D. Um, she was actually very fun. Uh, she <laughs> yeah. was she was really funny. Um, and just like you know, like doing so hard, like just trying to put it as plainly as possible to Donald, like the situation, like what's going on. Yeah. And he just, yeah, like up and just doesn't get it till the very yeah. end, you know. DDD because apparently her mom <laughs> wanted to name her DD, but uh, had a stutter, so. <laughs> was uh, hilarious. And then followed up by the line, uh, have you ever had sex in 3D? Um, very nice. Uh, yeah. Very nice. yeah, yeah. A lot of the humor in this movie, which you think I would like, because it's the kind of humor that I say on the show a lot. But it's mostly just like dad jokes, and again, like that Rodney Dangerfield kind of neck, you know, pulling kind mm-hmm. of dialogue. It's 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 very silly. <laughs> People are trying uh, uh, their best to have a good time with mm-hmm. uh, an absolutely awful screenplay. Yeah. Uh, real, real, real bad. But. You know, but there, but there are nuggets in there. You know, nuggets. Uh, I would, uh, you know, even though some of the films that we will talk about, I think have very heavy elements of this. I could, I would totally. This is a great movie that I, I would love to see get remade. Um, by I could, yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, it's very obscure, but it has a very uh, it takes the the cannibalism concept in an interesting direction. Of mm-hmm. like I said, like it, imagine this with a more capable. Uh, conscious direct you know socially conscious director totally. of uh making this like a very you know a story about sexual liberation in uh in conjunction to cannibalism but this kind of plays it more for a joke in that regard but mm-hmm. i i can see it though and i like could see it actually totally working and uh you know with a with a minimal budget this still wouldn't need a very big budget you know yeah um obviously uh, and, and you even said it. Uh, you even said it. We could recontextualize it with the air fryer because I don't trust those things. I don't get how they work. Oh, you don't have one? Uh, I, I, I don't. F- I found one at a thrift store for a very uh, reasonable price, and I bought it. And it's true. It's all, just... it's true. All of it. The magic is there. Like <laughs> I'm I, so skeptical. I, I was too. I, I threw a chicken breast in there, and I was like, let's see. And I took it out, took the temperature, cut it open. No pink. I, it's you know got a good crust on it. I was I was blown away, Devon. Uh, but it's yeah, it's absolute magic. I just don't but... get how just anything. Just uh, anything you want. You could even poach eggs in there. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I, I don't, don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. Exactly. So it's there. Uh the the air fryer massacre is there <laughs> for our for us for the taking. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh yeah, I don't think there's really too much to cover about this, but I think it's a, a very good entry level in um yeah. into uh we're only going the, up for here from here, you know? Yeah, yeah. As uh as we uh, you know, cut deeper, get into uh the the more 
uh, prime territory, you know, as far as uh, stuff goes. But uh, this is a very uh, interesting, um, interesting take on it. I dig yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's very silly. Uh, definitely a B movie quality. B movie even from this era. Uh, from this era. Uh, it's not hard to find. I'm sure you could even find it on YouTube, probably. Um, but yeah, completely ridiculous. Uh, uh, super short and breezy too. I watched it on Tubi. Don't know about you. Yep, but yeah. uh, that's the only place you can really find it, uh, unless you do want to get the Arrow Blu-ray. Um, yeah. So, uh, out of five hand kebabs, five uh, hand kebabs. What, what are you giving uh, the microwave massacre? On first watch, for me, this was like a half, uh, a half of a hand kebab. Uh, but I think upon a rewatch, there was some. Uh, again, some social commentary that I think stuck a little bit more, um, uh, maybe a little bit more than just the ridiculousness of, you know, even just like the title of this movie, uh, would lead you to believe. Um, so for me, I'm at one and a half, uh, hand kebabs I could use for a little bit more effective comedy rather than just like mostly dialogue based comedy. Um, uh, but yeah, I love it for all of the, the silliness of everything. Uh, but I think it's totally prime for maybe a more modern approach. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, was, I might give it a little more credit, I guess. Um, yeah, well, I guess maybe not much more. I'm gonna give this two and a half. Uh, and that's bad. a, and that's a generous. That is a very generous two and a half. That's not bad. And uh, again, uh, it gets a maybe a half star just as yeah, I'd watch this again. Yeah. Um, it, because it's it's a totally watchable, bizarre kind of goofy, uh, movie. Uh, there is just enough visual gags enough alone to to make it through, but yeah. uh, there is just some there's uh, some interesting ideas on um you know what uh cannibalism the different things uh that we will see throughout our throughout the month um you know the different things that it can kind of represent and uh for you know again there was a lot of horror examining this kind of time period and the 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 you know working class you know a white collar or uh, blue collar America yeah uh, and the fears of that we got a lot of those and there's a lot of movies that explore it better obviously mm-hmm. but uh, for for what this is uh, it's a it's a interesting watch I was I was fascinated I was a uh, uh, color me surprised um yeah. so so uh, i'll throw some tonys on this and and take another bite i guess yeah it's uh very silly and you, you giving this a two and a half i've i've given uh worse grades to movie that, uh, movies that took a a lot more and, and cost a lot more to make the than this and yeah this for a second time rewatch was uh no, by no means a chore uh if you haven't seen it give it a whirl like we said it's free on tubi uh if you've got a spare 70 minutes maybe watch it with friends uh maybe some alcohol included for sure um yeah. and that watching it sober in the middle of the day is you know like donald going to the strip club is maybe not the, <laughs> yeah. the best practice i mean it's a it's a two-star movie for sure but you know i'll give it a little extra half star for uh for the uh uh the funky flavor yeah All right, here on the Spectre Cinema Club, we like to end our show with a fun game. Uh, it's called Movie Math. Uh, you just got to take a few movies that uh, remind you of the movie that we talked about today. You can just add them together, uh, multiply them together, uh, all of which just have to uh, equal the movie in question being Microwave Massacre. So, Devon, what movies are in your equation? Uh, yeah, so in my equation are two movies that are uh, head and shoulders uh, above this <laughs> uh, above this movie. Um, and I definitely see uh, a lot of shades of a particular one movie that's a favorite of mine, which would be The Voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll 100% talk about on this show at some mm-hmm. point because I think it is amazing. 
Um, but it kind of takes a more serious approach um, as far as, uh, you know, examining mental illness and, and trauma and, um, and, uh, you know, the things that, uh, the, the things that people will do to like kind of cope with in their own ways, uh, rather in, um, more kind of healthy ways. And, uh, uh, and also, but portrayed, you know, portrayed, uh, with Ryan Reynolds doing his best performance of his career easily. And, uh, but has a lot of, you know, black comedy as well. That's, uh, presented very dryly that also just kind of works a little bit better. Very good cast. Um, but, uh, particularly in the parts that, um, he's, uh, killing, killing women and stashing them in uh, many, many Tupperware uh, containers and uh, kind of gave me the same vibes of, uh, you know, there's and there's even a shot of him keeping May's head in the fridge. Yeah. Um, along with all the the foil wrapped uh, body parts. Lots of foil. How do you tell what's what? You know, I'm a big Tupperware guy. All the all the aluminum foil. It's yeah. He didn't nightmare. even uh, put any labels on them. Nothing. No uh, marking them with Sharpie. Just just mystery uh, things of foil. That's the real madness of this movie. That is the real madness. Uh, so I have that and then I added it with Maniac. And I'll say the 1980 version just because um, obviously it came around came out around the same time Mm -hmm. um you know uh had that you know nasty low level low budget uh aesthetic to it um but did it in again a kind of more artistic way kind of had um some more things to say with its main protagonist um but his main thing is you know killing sex workers as well and uh and you know the 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 kind of uh you know, sexual charge he gets out of murdering people is similar to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, Donald getting turned on by the idea of eating these women. Yeah. So, uh, easy one for, uh, this episode. So the voices plus maniac, uh, if you haven't seen the voices, check it out. It's going to come up. Watch it sometime. Yes. Looking forward to that discussion. Uh, for me, I have, uh, 1995's <laughs> ice cream man, uh, starring Clint Howard, uh, a completely silly movie also dealing with like cannibalism and food, like in an interesting kind of pairing, uh, multiplied by that one joke at the end of Silence of the Lambs where Hannibal Lecter says that he's having an old friend for dinner. Like this movie is just mostly like variations on that kind oh, of pun. Oh, so <laughs> many of them. So many of them. Like, oh, I didn't know May actually had such good taste. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it never gets old. Uh, and yeah, uh, for me, the, this movie has that same kind of tongue in cheek energy as something like ice cream man oh, i think this would actually be kind of like a fun double feature i didn't even think about it that is kind of the perfect double feature because they yeah. are on yeah very much the same wavelength as far as just the the energy between yeah. those two movies and um totally forgot that the uh would count as a cannibal movie hey maybe a bonus episode here uh for the cannibal month but yes very excited to be diving in all to all of the movies that we have uh planned for this month but what do we have for next week yeah, next week we will be talking Eddie the Sleepwalking Cannibal. Make sure you guys uh, go find that somewhere. Um, uh, it came out in 2013, I believe, but another uh, indie film, um, but a more modern one. And I have not seen it. I've never heard about it. So excited. I have also not seen it, uh, and I had only heard about it in like, looking up possible cannibal movies to to talk about i'd seen the poster for uh, of it but um i also haven't seen it so that'll be uh, fun to go on that little bit of a, a filmmaking adventure yeah i'm excited to get into some of these obscure ones because one i didn't realize how many we've already covered here mm-hmm. on the podcast uh, we there's an episode on raw if you want to go listen to that there's an episode on sweeney todd you can go listen to that there's an episode on the bad batch go listen to that 
I told you, I love cannibal movies. They I really do. Keep popping up. Yeah. So I'm excited to uh, uh, talk about all the movies that we are discussing this month. Some new stuff, some old stuff, uh, stuff new to us. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, we're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, so what are you working on in the meantime? Oh, in the meantime, uh, I actually just recently watched Wendell and Wild. Uh, by the time that you guys are listening to this, I will have published my uh, TikTok review. You guys will probably have seen it also when this comes out. So if you're interested in some thoughts on that, uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Garrett McDowell, as well as some uh, other spooky movie and uh, otherwise film thoughts over there, as well as Letterboxd at the same name. Uh, but if you want some more podcast stuff, you can follow me at the Scum and Villainy Pod, which is my uh, Star Wars podcast. We'd love to have you over there. And links to all that are always in the description, guys. And uh, you can find me, as usual, on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco, um, on Letterboxd, Devon Taylor. Or no, uh, I think uh, Letterboxd is actually Bloody Blunts, but it's uh, in the description again. Um, and you can also hear me do some other podcasts and things. Uh, me and Chandler Bullock have a, a limited pod on the Hellraiser movies going on right now. And uh, you can find that over on um, his uh, Beauty of Horror podcast feed. Um, or you can find it on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Horror Pod. Um, at this point, we are through um, the 2022 remake and the first two entries. And now we are into a uh, new territory for me as uh, the rest of them will be first time watches. So having a fun time working through those ones in a in a different way that uh, me and Garrett kind of do them here. So uh, excited uh, to continue on that journey. So you can go ahead and find that. And in case you didn't see it in the feed, make sure you check out our interview with Maggie Levin, director of the segment Shredding from VHS 99 that just released on Shudder. Uh, it is spoilers, so make sure you guys go watch the movie first, but then go ahead and check out that interview. Uh, really good stuff. But... That'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spectre Cinema. Make sure if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted. <laughs>